we didn't have cell phones back in the day. But for some reason, my kids could always get in touch with me. Of course. Me. Right. Yep. That's right. It ain't nothing to a G, baby. They got <laughs> cell phones in prison. We going to get to something, okay? Before they get in your What's up, what's up, good people? Welcome into Montgomery and Company. I'm Renee Montgomery, and it's Mother's Day episode. I know Mother's Day is coming up soon, so we're doing it right now. We got a mompreneur, Kristen Ledlow, in the building coming through. She's talking about NBA, WNBA, building a business from scratch while also having a full-time job. Then we have Devereaux Peters. I played with her with the Minnesota Lynx. We talk about the struggles of being on the bench mall, but also... What women's sports is going through, the jump from college to WNBA and everything that happens in between. And then the group, Dear Mama, we're going to talk about what traits did we get from our mom, toxic or not. We're going to have some fun today. Let's go! I know I said we're going to have some fun, but I got to talk about something serious right quick because... It's concerning. It's concerning even when it doesn't hit close to home. And it's still concerning when it does hit close to home. And I'm talking about like, we have to figure out what we're going to do to control these mass shootings. Like it's happening too often. It's a problem that's not a problem everywhere else in the world. It's a us problem. And when I say us, I mean literally U.S. us. It's an us problem. Other countries aren't having this problem. And everybody is affected by this problem that is here. Now, everybody knows that we recently had a mass shooting here in Georgia and it hit close to home because when you think about kids, like we have children, we we talk about this all the time. This is our Mother's Day episode. I hate to be sitting here as a mother talking about what's going on. Like, I hate that my son has to like something that I have to tell him, like, keep your head on a swivel because somebody will just literally get out of a car and start shooting people at a mall. Why do I have to worry about that? Why should our children, why should anybody have to worry about that? But here we are worrying about that. It's just unfortunate that on this Mother's Day as a mother, that that's something we had to deal with. And that's why I said, I know that when things hit close to home, it really is jarring. But I was already concerned before it happened here in Georgia. It was only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time before it happens a little bit of everywhere or affects everyone because of how often it's happening. It's a pandemic. It's a it's whatever you call a thing that is out of control. We are here. And so, I mean, like I like to have fun. As you guys know, I don't like to talk about serious things in a sense of like I like people to be happy, uh, rose colored lenses and whatever you want to call it. That's what I am. But at a certain point, like we got to just talk about the large elephant in the room that's not even an elephant in the room like we got to just do something about it i mean the kids is sad too but i love to see it the younger generation is the ones that are making it happen the younger generations are the ones that are protesting that are standing up and they're like look i'm just trying to go to school to learn can i just go to school and actually like we don't even really like school that much but now we don't want to go to school and have to worry about harm Like we got the kids out here doing a lot. So it just like I had to just make sure because what's going on right now is completely unacceptable. And I feel like we know it's unacceptable. We're past the point where it's like, give us time to fix it. Unacceptable. We can remember 
all the schools, Sandy Hook going back. There's no more time to figure it out. Somebody has to make some action happen. A lot of people want to make action happen, but I think all of us now, we have to all just start talking loud about it, make it loud in the media, the media, the media. We're the media. So I'm like, I feel like right now I'm doing my part and I'm saying like, we got to do better in the media. It has to be loud enough that affects a change. So we have to be loud enough to affect the change. And so this is me yelling do better. This is me yelling. We as a people have to do better because I'm a part of the media. And that's where you have to address some of these things because the media, as you guys have seen, moves things. And that leads me into sports as well, because when we look at sports and we talk about the media, we can see how the media can affect a lot of things. I mean, honestly, I think every year and I'm going to and unfortunately for Kristen Letlow, I'm going to talk to her a little later in the show. But unfortunately for Kristen Letlow, I asked her the thing that we as media is always tough. Like, who do you think is going to win? And they put, you know, and who do you think is going to do this? And who's going to be MVP? I'm going to ask her all those things when it comes to WBA, who she thinks is going to win the playoffs. But when it comes to media, it's really crazy the pressure that media can apply to make situations change and how it's almost even affecting sports. Like, I mean, if you look at the end of the year awards, it's usually no surprise who's going to win. And why is that? Like, it's always close enough that we know, like, okay, it's a tight race between Joel Embiid. We also know it's a tight race between the Joker. But by the time that it comes down to the point where it's time to announce who is the actual winner, we kind of already know. Like, we kind of knew it was going to be Joel Embiid because the media told us it was going to be. And so as the media, you see in sports, like, what's the biggest conversations? I knew when Giannis was going to win MVP that year, he was all over everything, his story, you know, he had a docu-series that was coming out soon. And there was just so much going on, the conversations around Giannis. Yes, the way he played on the court mattered. So don't get lost in the, like, you have to play at an MVP level to even be in the conversation. But we can see that media really is strong media really can control what happens. I mean, even look now at players trying to control their narratives in the media. I think a perfect example of that is Draymond Green. Draymond Green has his own podcast, The Draymond Show. And even after post game, he does live questions. He takes live questions from random fans all over the world. He does it on AMP. And it's like a, a app that where you can go and it's basically live radio. That's when an, an app and it's Amazon based. But he does post-game pretty much press conferences with his fan base. Now, why does he do that? Like, why does he even have a podcast? Why is he going live after the shows? Why is he? He's controlling his own narrative. If he got a technical, then he's going post-game to tell everybody what his thought process was so they can understand, you know, I wasn't trying to stomp. I was just stepping and trying to get it. Like, because once you understand and once you hear people out, then you might not be as mad. And then boom, that changes your whole thought process from where when you first watched it live, you might be mad at Draymond and be like, this is ridiculous. But then when you watch it over and then when you hear somebody like Charles Barkley or somebody else talk about it in the media, you may start to change your mind. So I have a media member on the show today who happens to be a mom and other things of that nature. But I just always want to highlight that I do understand that I am a media member. I'm a part of the media. I don't even like to call myself a journalist because I understand that that means something. There's rules and standards that you need to apply by. You need to have gone to school probably to learn those things. I understand all of that. But 
although I didn't do all of those things, I take what I do serious. And so that's why I feel like on certain issues, when it comes to like gun violence, I have to use my platform to talk about it. We have to, like, I don't, you know, like, I don't, I want to talk about fun stuff all the time. Everybody on the show knows this. Like, even when we talk about serious things, I'm like, yeah, but how do we give them that spoonful of sugar with it? Like, that's just kind of my, I don't like everything to be doom and gloom, but right now the media whether it's your podcast, whether it's a big media, like I just feel like we all need to come together and figure out like, let's just make sure that we're all loud about the right topics. Because when all of us get on one topic, like we all talking about Chris Brown and Usher, we know that they had an altercation and we know we all have some feelings about that. Like, I can't believe that Usher saying happy birthday. And then hours later, something happened. I don't know what happened, but something, I can't believe it either. But I'm just saying media, as we talk about those things and as we're about to talk about Dear Mama and all of these other things, let's just make sure that we understand that there's, you know, responsibility in the job, there's integrity in the job, and I'm preaching now, so I'm going to go ahead and end it right here, but let's just take what we do serious and this is me doing that. All right, I'm done preaching now. Let's get on with the show. All right, so I already talked a little bit about it, but we're going to get into it as a group because we are all moms and just it's just devastating that we keep seeing or experiencing the same thing. Like I remember last year uh, having a conversation with Cole where she was like, I don't even want to take bands to school. And so I'm talking about gun violence, mass shootings, like, and it's not even just at schools. The most recent shooting happened in Allen, Texas, where a man got out of his car and just literally open fire on anyone that was in the in the area. And it's just like, what do you do? You don't want to now send and you don't want to be at the mall. You don't want to send anybody to the mall. It, but then there's ones that happen at the grocery store. It's happened at schools. It's happened at a hospital. The Midtown shooter was at an urgent care facility or some type of care facility or something of that nature. So it's like it's not a one specific place that these things can happen. So like, just what are you guys thoughts? Well, I think it's kind of, it's different. I mean, it used to be Mother's Day. We can't even focus on, let's just celebrate being mothers. Now it's, I'm terrified as being a mother uh, for my children. You know, you, you're, you're blessed to continue to be a mother because it's a lot of, of parents and mothers and fathers, but mothers who've lost children in senseless mass shootings regardless if it was a child in school or if it was a child at the medical facility or if it was a child that's an adult. So I think it's really sad. And and what's crazy is, is that now anytime my sons tell me they're going to be somewhere where it's like a major public event, I'm, I get like goosebumps and I'm getting queasy because um, Bryce just went to a really big concert down. I think it was in North Carolina, South Carolina, which is a lot of big name entertainers and stars. And the first thing I'm saying is, Bryce, make sure wherever you are that you look around, be aware. You know, if you see something crazy that doesn't feel good or if you just don't feel good altogether, then just don't go, you know. Right. So it's really it really changed your perspective on telling your kids you want them to go out and experience life to like, OK, go out and experience life, but just be extremely careful knowing that honestly, in a mass shooter situation, you can't be careful. There's there's no rhyme or reason um, to how you are moving and where you're going and what you're doing. It's it's just it's just a tragic event that you can't prevent. That's that's the sad thing. So, 
it's really sad that Mother's Day can't be about just being a mother. It's being blessed that you are still a mother because your people are losing their children every day. Wow. Snook, what are your thoughts? I mean, has mass shooting been the same like so throughout your lifetime or is it progressing at a rapid rate? Do you remember seeing this many mass shootings? I mean, I know it was a different time, but I'm just curious. Like, you know, back in our day, you know, it was the normal fire drill that, that took place. Now, I didn't experience the active shooter drills until I you know, was on a college campus and uh, we were taught different things as it changed. It was first hide, run, fight, you know, and all of that. But uh, as a mother, it's all it's really uh, very difficult for me to even put myself in the shoes of a modern day mother, because I know for myself, I was always tried to be one of those mothers who was always accessible to my kids when they were in school. If something was going on or whatever, I always had a person, an administrator or a teacher or whatever I could call or go see to try to correct the problem with active shooters. I don't know those people because <laughs> if I did, they know not to shoot my child. But at any rate, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's a fact. And and they would know not to shoot my child. But at any rate, I don't know, though. So it's kind of out of my control. And I worry about my grandchildren. You know, it, it's just uh it's just unfathomable. And, you know, I've always been one. You can ask Nicole and uh, Renee to be always observant of things that are going around you. I've always said, keep your head on the swivel. You know, if if there's a fight, get off the front line, get to the back line, because the people on the front line can experience stabbings or or other residuals from the fight or whatever. I've always tried to teach them little things uh, that I was taught. Never sit in a room, your back to the door. I mean, you would think there's silly things, but now there really things that you should be and now i'm cursed because i really can't by the way like i at restaurants i really do not put my back towards the door like it's just i like i'm uncomfortable doing that at this point me too snook mentioned something interesting she said accessibility um you know that's the thing right like when we're not accessible to our children that's terrifying like last week angel was on punishment for you know bad grade yes he does go on punishment still and he even though he thinks he's grown we, we show him that he's not. But um, it was terrifying for him not to have his phone because I couldn't we couldn't contact him, if anything. And so, you know, it is it, like times are different where now we're so used to talking to our children and being able to have access to our children all the time. And I can only imagine, you know, that wasn't like back in the day, that wasn't even a thought. And so I can only imagine how it would be now if we didn't have that access to our children with everything that's going on. And, uh, you know, when when it happened uh, last week in, in over here in Atlanta, it was really scary because you know, our son's school was under lockdown, even though it wasn't even really close to the Midtown shooting or anything like that, but it was still um, in, in the Atlanta area. And so it was, it became, you know, not that it became re real, but it definitely hit close to home because every time a shooting happens, I am literally one of these people that gets mad about it and I cry about it because I'm like, we can't be desensitized to these kinds of things. You know, uh, Michael Steele, he says something uh, the other day when he was on deadline, he said that Emmett Till's death was televised so people can see the the horrific 
you know, act that was done to him. And so he said that now everything is censored and we don't see like the the horrific act that was committed. And so it kind of kind of like out of sight, out of mind. We don't really think about it if we don't see it. So he proposed for the media to really show the public like what's really happening so we can see the reality of it. And it's a very, you know, harsh and grim way to put it. But people need to see that, you know, this is actually happening to mothers, to children, you know, not only are mothers losing the children, but children are losing the mothers. All of the victims in Atlanta were all young women, not not young women, were all women. And so, you know, that one, that one definitely hit different. I'm, I'm trying not to get emotional talking about it because it is a sensitive subject. Well, I'm going to say this. Number one, I don't care how punished my nephew is. He needs to have his phone. Oh, <laughs> That's what you took from all of that. No, honestly, that was scary. And in the same week, right, that it happened, it's like, oh, literally, it was terrifying. Yeah, but honestly, that's the truth now. Like, it's a different thing. You can't punish your kids away from the right. electronics that yeah, give no, them the accessibility right, yeah. to tell you. Isn't that you. crazy? We cannot yes. disconnect the kids. Yeah, so, you, I mean, I, I agree. And at the same time, I'm like, yeah, he's punished. But let him be punished at home because when something <laughs> happens, and that's what honestly made us give Vance a phone. He, mm-hmm. We felt like he's young. He does not need a phone. But then at the same time, if something were to happen, he actually could get in touch with us and tell us or I could I could give him some. I don't know what I could do, but, you know, sometimes just give him some type of uh, feeling of safeness. And so him not being able to get to me or me not be able to get to him just became not an option. Right. I mean, it is a different time now. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Yeah, I can remember back in the day. I don't know how it happened. We didn't have cell phones back in the day. But for some reason, my kids could always get in touch with Of course. Me. That's right. Yep. That's right. It ain't nothing to a G, baby. They got <laughs> cell phones in prison. We going to get to something, okay? Yeah, always. I was always at the school. I mean, they, they could... I guess they borrowed the the school phone to call. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever we had to do. But I, I do. But I do feel different about you know cell phones. At first, I thought Vance was way too young, and then we had a minor incident where it wasn't even an incident, and we were both me and um, me and Shannon were both like, nope, it's time. They had aftercare. Aftercare was canceled the last minute because something happened, and we didn't know. Well, luckily, he has a family member who's at the school who grabbed him, but. He was like, I, I was going to call you, but I don't have a phone. And my, and my friend wouldn't let me use their phone. I was like, oh, no, we can't do this. So, <laughs> yeah. so that was that. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I, I was definitely one of those moms that was like, no, he's too young. And my my parents actually got him his first iPad. And that was like his first little thing to communicate. But it's I think it's a necessity now for sure. It's, it's a Absolutely. security thing. All right. Well, listen, as mothers, we're all them. And even if you're not a mom, if you have a friends that go on trips, if it's just at this point, if you are have anyone that you know you are going to feel the same level of concern because there's no rhyme or reason there's nowhere you can go that you know you're safe you know like you're not even safe in your own home somebody shot somebody in their own home killed a whole family and so it's just like at this point like we talked about media we are a media platform and it is unfortunate as cole mentioned to have to be talking about this on mother's day but there's nothing mothers would dislike more than to lose their loved ones or lose their babies. And so we're going to talk about it. And that's what we did today. But we're going to keep it moving. I got Kristen Ledlow, a mother, coming up next.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so if you guys hear me say Kirsten, you need to know that I'm talking about Kristen Ledlow, whom I love, works at NBA TV. You guys have probably seen her for at least the last 10 years, but she's also the host of WNBA Weekly with me. We'll be back, and I'm going to talk about that later. But welcome to the show, Kirsten. Thank you. I feel like I see you all the time, (laughs) and you're not actually talking to me. You're talking to an audience, so it's good to talk to you. I know it's crazy. Like we're in this space where I'm used to seeing you at work. It's like when you see your teacher outside yeah. of school, it's like, oh my God, Kirsten. Oh. maybe not teacher. Cause y'all might not like your teachers, but I digress. I like, I see you outside of, and it's like, what you have a life outside of this, like outside of the scheduled time that we sit next to each other. Thanks. So let's get into it. Cause let's start on the WNBA side because I know that you and Candace Parker are besties. So if you guys didn't know that, I don't know how you didn't know, because if you watch WNBA Weekly at any point every week, you kind of let us know, hey, I rock with the Chicago Sky. So I'm just curious because this happens from time to time, you know, so I just want to ask you and let you state it here just in case uh, you heard it here first. Uh, yes, are I you am now. moving? Are you traveling with? Have you been yes. traded to? The I don't Aces? know what you're referring to. I am the biggest <laughs> Las Vegas Aces fan that there is. And I always have been, so I'm not totally sure what it is that you're getting at here. Also, to be fair to me, despite my bias, I pretty well analyzed the Chicago Sky team that was not a one seed and yet won a title. Okay, so we can talk about my bias all you like. But you chose the winner is what you're saying. You- That's all I'm saying is like, yeah. I, I'm sorry, is fandom not supposed to be fun? <laughs> I'm going where the winners are. So, but, but, but I should also point out, I'm also an Atlanta Dream fan. Like it's one A and one B. Okay. Because this is now my hometown of 10 years. And you, like, also, if you left, guess who I would report him? <laughs> Let's go! Whatever the next team was. Listen, this is no different than Lakers fans that used to be Cavs fans that went to Miami, that went back to the Cavs, that are now like, like, I love it. I'm here for the absolute fandom of it all because that's what makes the games great. Absolutely. And NBA fandom has long been built on its superstars, right? So why is it that we wouldn't, as WNBA fans, do the same thing? So here for it. So you guys heard it here first. Kirsten has now been traded from the Chicago Sky to the Las Vegas Aces. You'll hear all about it, I'm sure, this, this summer. And speaking of just elevating in stars in the in the league. Now we've seen how name, image, and likeness has exploded in the college spaces. And now we're even seeing it elevating just with different things happening now in the WNBA. Number one draft pick, Aaliyah Boston has signed with Adidas under the Ace Collection. Speaking of Candace, Aaliyah's deal was officially officially announced this week, but this makes her the highest paid WNBA rookie center in Adidas history. Now this like this is 
the largest ever footwear deal for a WNBA center in history. Right. So do you see now that trickle effect? Do you think we're going to see more deals like this? Or is this more of a only a superstar thing? But we're starting to see it spread across in the college space. Without a doubt, the game is changing in its entirety from the time that now, especially because of social media, these are 14, 15, 16-year-old girls that are becoming famous already by the time that they're grown women. And they're signing these shoe deals and they're already these national superstars so that by the time you get to the WNBA, it's like, oh, yeah, my, my shoe deal is coming with me. Right. Uh, which I love, because if you want to talk about investing in women and that the, the, the women's space is not just a, a less risky investment these days, but a worthwhile investment, then if you're one of these big shoe companies, you're one of these big fill in the blank kind of corporations that has the money that's looking for faces and looking to invest in these spaces, this is how you do it. I completely agree. It's so exciting because for someone like me, like I've been waiting on this breakthrough moment. Like we knew that the game was lit. Like we've already been fans of the game. So we knew the product was there. We knew that right, the, the product's good. Right. Nothing needed to like, we didn't have to change the product. Like there's hoopers like in hoopers hoop. And so I'm so excited because what happened last year with Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese, it's like, this is exactly what needed to happen in a sense of all of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like yeah. people saying their opinions because it brought forth the conversation of the why nots and all of the other things. And so we've been waiting on this breakthrough to happen and it's finally starting to just show itself. And I'm just like ecstatic. Right. Because the proof is in the numbers, right? Like the product is good and the people want more of it. So it's not about whether or not if you build it, they'll come. It's been built. They're here. They're waiting. So like, what, what is it that we're going to do next is the only question. And then let's hop to the NBA right quick, since we do that for a living as well, like the shifts in the night that we talked about. So now there's something that because I love that you've been the same as me in a sense of from the beginning to the end of the season, you've been covering the NBA. Now, I think the Lakers have had maybe three different lives this whole NBA season in a sense of the beginning of the season, everyone was angry and rightfully so that the Lakers kept being shown on national television. Everybody was like, why are they on TV when they have one of the worst records? Oh, they tweet at me as if like I have some power over the games that we display on our air. Like I didn't, I don't know. I'm not in these meetings. All right. Facts. And that's a good PSA too. Like y'all be mad sometimes at things that we can't control. The wrong people. Right. Yeah. Sometimes the topics, like we might be given a topic and then we are told to give our opinion on the topic but i digress so here's the thing the lakers have had i would say multiple lives throughout the seasons it was the why are they on tv life and then there was the life where it was like well there's hope maybe they can rise to maybe number six in the west and make it now they're on to a life and just so you guys know we're recording this on a tuesday two days before game five but now we're at the life where they're in the western conference semis <laughs> well i'm like I'm I'm like, wait a second, hang on. Like our, our dear friend, Chris Haynes, is giving a report last night that it is like, uh, so the Lakers have already had discussions within the organization that if they were to win a championship this season, they would extend a ring to players <laughs> who have been on the roster. So Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly would all be extended a ring. And I'm like, what? when did we get here? What? Like, what? And yet we're here. Like, it's an appropriate conversation at this Very. point. But uh, it's like, what? Uh, 
we're, we're genuinely considering this Lakers team as a championship contender this season, like the same season that we, that people said that they need to just blow the whole team up and just forget about it. I heard a lot of trade AD. And look, I have to say rightfully so, because that's why I say that, that there were different lives because right. that was a literal different team. Six people were traded now onto that team that are vital pieces of that team. But that brings me to the conversation of being on television and having to give takes and then how <laughs> how they could age poorly. Oh, and they age so poorly <laughs> these days. And to top it off, like people, if you say anything that is even remotely bold, people clip it off and just wait, like for something different to happen <laughs> that reminds them that you weren't correct. They want to send you that ether back like, this, is this right. you? Well, and it, it's like, okay, I get it, but like, did anyone really think, not even in October, but right around Christmas, that we would be discussing the Lakers as a championship contender? No. But we're on the TV Lakers talking. fans aside. Right. So it's like, don't tweet that at me. I know what I said. This is a different team. Yeah. So I just had to, because it's so funny because people don't care, but when you're on TV and you're talking about the state of what something is, that whole state of mind could literally change. And we now have our records or our tape, which y'all are going to bring back at us. So be kind as I know you're not going to, I'm just saying nobody could have predicted that. We're Thank you. Here. And everybody talks about like championships where you got to put an asterisk next to their name. And it's like, Oh, well, you got to remember that so-and-so was hurt or this was a lockout season, or this was the start of the pandemic. Okay. Well, you got to put asterisks next to some of our takes as well. Whoa. Right. Like this. Okay. Well, six players were traded after she made that statement. So that Thank statement you. is no longer right. valid. Give it some context. Thank All right, you. I knew you I would feel me. If nobody else, I knew you would feel me. And then, so we're talking about businesses and you started a business from scratch. Like when I say no joke from just the bottom up, like started from the bottom. Now we hear you did that with positionless, which is a gender neutral vintage varsity style exclusively for babies, toddlers, and kids. It's sustainable, ethically made, consciously crafted by grownups in the USA. Come on, Kirsten, with the, now, like, I want to know, like, how does it feel now to be the CEO, PR, marketing team, all the things, social media I love that manager. you know that. <laughs> because you, like every single one of my friends, got the same text message that is like, so here's this thing I did. And also I'm bootstrapping the PR, which means I'm asking you to support it because I don't totally know how to do a press release. Um, <laughs> so thank you. I am all of the things now. Yes. But I, I think that's what's so cool is how often have we said that word positionless just in the last couple of seasons that we've covered the game together, right? The game has been completely changed because of the positionless concept, because of somebody like LeBron, who we're talking about, who can do every single thing just as well as the very next thing. He's just as good or better at being a point guard than a classic point guard. He's just as good or better at being, and you can fill in any position to the end of that sentence and he can do it. And thus the game has changed. And as I was thinking a lot last summer is when I, I thought, of, so we're coming up on the year mark of it being an idea and now it being stuff that's almost in your hands. It's coming close. It's almost in at your house. Yeah, because I put an order in, okay? Girl, I love you for. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about that 
concept itself because it's really wild. You mentioned I've done the same job for 10 years to sit there as a 25 year old and to sit there as a 35 year old and to have gone through all of what life has held for a decade, right? And to be solely a sports broadcaster, that is all that I ever wanted to be. And great at it. Oh, thank you. But but then to become a wife and a mother and, a, and, and so many things outside of just, so it's like, wait, how, I'm still sitting in this same seat and yet somehow everything has changed. And this concept of positionless was so intriguing to me. And I was obviously inspired by the birth of my son and loved just the feeling of those old washed and worn kind of vintage varsity state, you know, the kind of sweatshirt that you throw on like before you'd go to school in the morning because you're like shooting in the driveway to just get a couple of extra shots up before you know you've got an algebra test in seventh grade or whatever. <laughs> like It's a very specific memory, but that's one of my right. And, and I think by nature, like kids don't have the kind of clothes that feel like that because they grow out of them before they've been washed and worn. And so um, fortunately, I reached out to, well, I did a lot of Googling because I don't know how to do any of this and uh, reached out to some already in this industry I know nothing about who were working in these kind of spaces and who had done similar things for adults. And I'm like, well, could we make those in little sizes? I love it. <laughs> and so that was where it was, uh, that, that, was, that was the idea behind all of it. That's what inspired it. But I'm mostly proud of, at least I hope anyway, um, you know, after 10 years worth of people watch the jobs we do, right? So like, like you mentioned, they can, they, can, they can judge them really easily, really quickly and, and tell you how they feel about how you do your job. But what I hope when it's all said and done is at the very least, I was known for working in excellence and for working um, ethically and for caring deeply about the people that I was working with and for and around. And every bit of this brand is that and that's what makes me prouder than anything that wow. it's created here in the U.S. that adults are working on it using fair labor practices that are documented that it's sustainable organic and recycled cotton like it's just a cool thing that from start to finish to me it's like this this was done really really well and I wouldn't have wanted to do it any other way not just because of the way that I work but because it's something that was inspired by my son and this new season of my life and that to me is what kind of sums it all sums it all up right I love that because you're right you're not going to do something halfway if you're doing it in honor of your babies you're not going to give them the worst version <laughs> of whatever it is right or the cheaply made version you know what one thing that i want to be really proud of is like the the nicest thing that he's got hanging in his closet has his mom's name on the tag talk your talk that's so i mean and even in the world of fashion like we know the tunnel walks of the world like you know like we know the the dads and their babies and the moms and their babies wearing matching outfits and having outfits that look similar in situations like that. Of course, it's a win. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us here on Flipgrass. Thank you again. Thanks for having me. going to close out with WNBA champion Deborah Peters.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is dope. I'm excited about this because Devereaux Peters and I, I was about to say Dev, but let me say your full government. <laughs> Devereaux <laughs> Peters and I, we played together, we won together, and now we're like all grown up, like adults at this point. It's wild. But shouts to Dev for joining us because, like, we're talking Mother's Day, but there's also women's sports and other things going on. And we saw where, you know, there's athletes and there was recently, you know, there's training camp going on right now, which you guys obviously know because you're listening to this. Um, but there's training camp going on right now. And there's college athletes that we know were stars at the college space that now are trying to just adjust to the WNBA space. Now, one of the college stars basically put, you know, a, a social media clip out and she was just talking about how, you know, she wished that she could be better prepared, coaches doing different systems, getting them better prepared for training camp. And then you responded to that and I loved your thoughts. So first of all, like, can you just like, first of all, welcome to the show, Devereaux Peters. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and then just, can you just tell me your your initial thoughts because you did it on social media, but what were your thoughts when you saw, saw her post? Uh, initially it was... Uh... Complete agreement. <laughs> um, I feel like with my experience, I guess, coming to the W, um, I felt prepared in that, uh, you know, in college we ran Princeton. It was a really complex plays. Like in high school, our high school team had like 40 plays, which is not normal, I feel like, for high school teams. Uh, like, you know, so I was like, I felt like I was prepared in that. I had done a lot of stuff um, in a lot of different ways. And that was just my expectation because that's how I've been doing things for so long, you know, and every team I've been part of and every coach um, kid was a teacher and they taught the game in multiple different ways, taught you how to uh, make reads and things of that nature. And so that's just what I expected when I got to the league that everybody had gone through that experience. Um, and I felt like I got to the league and it was just kind of like a lot of people did not have that experience. They were just out there hooping. Like they didn't have the same structure, you know, that, that I'm sure you had. Like, you know what I mean? And, and Alexis Morris, and I want to just shout out Alexis Morris because I love that she brought that conversation to the forefront. So I don't want to just not say her name just to make sure. But Alexis Morris brought this to the forefront. But like, how does this happen? Like, how do we get to this point where, in the women's space, you go to four years of college. So there's not a one and done or even pass and skip. So like, how do we get all the way here to where, I mean, one of your tweets said, there's no way as a professional, the coach says, set the pin down screen and cut back door after the screen and you can't do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly don't have an answer to that. <laughs> like I said, I'm used to structure. I'm used to learning plays and that being pushed upon me and being taught that way. Um, but there are a lot of coaches and I think that's something that was brought up in the conversation that came with that tweet was that 
you know, coaches have to win to keep their job and that's what they're focused on. And however they can get that done is what they're thinking about doing. Um, and so, you know, there are coaches and teams that just go out there and play. Like I've heard of certain coaches that literally just tell their players like, oh, okay, go out here, run fast, um, do this, but they're not teaching them plays or not teaching them any type of structure or anything. And so it happens. I just, I don't understand to me though. I feel like in the women's game, mm-hmm. I, I fully understand that like there are coaches that are just trying to keep their job. But I think that, you know, historically, when you look at the teams that really, really do well in the teams um, that are successful over a long period of time, regardless of what area, er, I'm sorry, era that you're in, those are the teams that have the structure and like are consistent with like running certain things and teaching. So like, while I understand that like coaches have to win, I feel like you win and you're consistent like teaching structure there's more yeah when you have a better system (laughs) those teams typically win no but this actually brings me to something because we've seen how the college space has changed to where now you know you can transfer in the transfer portal does that take away from the structure like because it's easy to create a structure if you have people there that learn your system know your system and you but like, what do you think about what's happening in the college space when it comes to the transfer portal? And is that what is breaking down some of the structure? Honestly, I think that is a factor. Um, I think it hurts the coaches a little bit in that, you know, they have to cater a lot more to the players now um, and what their wants and needs are, even if it's detrimental to the team, you know, because if they want to keep certain players and they're on their team and in their spaces, I mean, they got to cater to them more. They're going to transfer like plain and simple. Like, so I think it's definitely more difficult where we had a harder time getting out in, and I don't disagree fully with the transfer portal. I think it's, I appreciate that they're able to leave and have a little bit more freedom of movement than we had, but I think it does make it a much more difficult. Like you said, because it's like, you're trying to teach these systems. You don't really know who's going to be in and out. Um, but I, I don't know how you find that balance because I, th- I think it's needed because you, I mean, the, the, the gap from the college game to the W is big. It's a huge gap. I think people miss that, that part of it, but like, what is the gap? Because every year we see a lot of people get cut and a lot of times it's somebody's favorite college athlete. And they're asking the question, like, why can't these athletes make, and I look guys, I want to just say, I'm asking Dev, impossible questions because if we all knew the answers to the like but i'm just curious because you're a WNBA athlete that's played in the game a long time you've won championships you've played at every single level so i'm really just asking you your thoughts because we've lived it like we both lived and experienced it so like what is that gap and has it gotten bigger i i wouldn't say that it's gotten bigger um it's definitely a large gap though. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of factors that people don't take into account. For one, um, the pace of the game is so much faster. You know, like those six seconds make a very big difference. And I don't think people realize that. Um, just how quick those six taking those six seconds off makes the uh, You talk about game. the shot clock, correct? About the shot clock, yeah. Sorry. But um also, you know, like in college, there's a lot of stuff that you can get away with. You're gonna play teams that aren't great and you can have a bad game and still win realistically. You can't do that in the W. You you can't have a terrible game against the last team in the league and still think you're going to win. Like you have to play well against everybody because everybody was all-star. Everybody Literally. was all-American. Like, and we've all done the same thing at that level. So like everybody <laughs> is great in their own right. Even when you're playing the team that's 12th, like they still can come out and 
you know, give you work at any given day. So, I mean, I think that's like another gap that's really large. It's like you can have that off night and not be focused and kind of lax and still get a dub in college. You can't do that in the W. And it's like these little factors and like focusing on, you know, the details that the things that you can like pass off in college that you cannot pass off on in the league, period. No, that's all facts. You know, it makes me think of things because anybody like I, I got the bobblehead right here. OK, this bobblehead right here is Coach Cheryl Reeve. Right. And we played together. I really wonder because now in this age and space of the younger kids are starting to come more and more into the league like. It's really you had to have a certain level of like inner strength, mental toughness when you <laughs> look at her face. Listen. Like I done played for some coaches, man. Okay. And I played for Coach Ariema. I played for Coach Cheryl Reeve. Like these, when I say I done played for some coaches, like how would you do like I'm trying like, you know, coaches like Cheryl Reeve, I think she got the best out of me. I'm not gonna even like coaches like Coach Ariema, they got the best out of me at times because they're not gonna accept nothing less. Is that coaching style going to have to phase out at a certain point? Oh, I definitely don't think you can do it to the same capacity. But I mean, I'm sure you see it now. Like, I'm, I don't know how Coach Ariama is, but you know, like even before Coach Mia, uh, McGraw left, she was kind of like easing back on even how strict she was with us. I'm sure Reeve has to do the same thing. Like, yeah, I think coaches had to reel it in some. Coach Ariama's had to reel it in sure. some too. I'm sure. I mean, it's hard, but like I, I, I know they have to dial it back some because they were they were really difficult on us. And like you said, <laughs> it brought the best out of us. I low key was just talking about that a couple of weeks ago with somebody about how like in practice with Reeve, like we couldn't mess up on the second team. If you had too many mistakes, like we would literally wouldn't get to practice the rest of the practice. I'd be telling my son that's gotta be like, I don't know what you're talking about. They're picking on you. Like coaches, right. like, I, we will literally have zero chance to make a mistake. And people don't understand. Like I'm in my zero. None. <laughs> like if we made two, three mistakes in a row, we are not practicing the rest of practice. Like she would let the starters get on there and finish practice. Like we just be over there charitable. Like you got it. <laughs> <laughs> people do not believe me when I say that I'm like no she did not play around like she it wanted you no focused game. but what happened though when we checked in as a unit though hey, we came to play like <laughs> it was it was real when she got on that court but boy like you could not you could not there was like zero room for error and it's like it's mentally is difficult, but I, I truly feel like a lot of that stuff has helped me even like outside of basketball, you know, because exactly. you're going to run into those issues once you get in the real world and you find your real career. That's like you going to be in those situations where it's like you got to focus in and you got to make sure everything is right and pay attention to detail, all those things you you were frustrated no about for back error. then. Like, None. We, like, we've had so much pressure. I say this all the time. There's nothing anybody could throw at me. Like, I'm a co-owner and vice president, and I know that that is a big, large title. But they got to understand that I've played and been a point guard for Coach Ariema and Coach Cheryl Reeve. Y'all got to understand what that means when I'm talking about pressure. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get it. It's different. This is nothing compared to that. This is nothing compared to that stress. This is regular life stuff. You mean I got 48 hours to figure this out? 
I usually got 10 seconds. <laughs> Listen, I swear it's different. It's completely different, like completely prepared. But I, I, I definitely think they, they have to dial back like this generation. They're they're different in that. And I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, you just got to adjust with what works for them. But yeah, our, it was it was not a game. <laughs> it was not a game. No, Dev, I appreciate you hopping on because I just like to have people hear from the people that I've actually been in the thick of it with. With, the people that's lived it, the people that experienced, because we don't have all the answers. That's what this whole conversation was pretty much about. It's like we understand that the gap that Alexis Morris was talking about. We know what she's talking about. We get it. We've had teammates that I've seen where I'm like, yeah, you got to get into the playbook. But then if they don't understand the playbook and understand what a downstream is and a pin down is and a Laker cut and a shuffle, like right. if they don't understand these terms, then they can't even get in the playbook. So we're just bringing attention to like, we feel y'all, we see y'all athletes. And if you're a vet and you're listening to this, you need to each one teach one. Like there's been a situation where you didn't know what was going on. So when you got them rookies running around and even if it's a second year player, sometimes it takes a little longer. So we all been on the sidelines clapping like me and Dev had. So be that good teammate, Dev. I appreciate you hopping on here with me. Thanks for having me. I hate that we had to talk about such serious topics on Mother's Day, but I feel like as mothers, it's kind of our responsibility. And being on a platform is kind of our responsibility. And also, speaking of, I'm a daughter, so let me tell you something else that's kind of my responsibility. Happy birthday to my Diddy. I don't know how old Diddy's turning right now, but happy birthday to Diddy. Folks don't even like for you to say their ages anyway, but it's his birthday and it happens to fall around Mother's Day. So that happens, but want to shout him out. But honestly, all jokes aside, I loved hearing from Kristen, how she's building things, how she's doing it in a way that she feels like can make a change. I love talking to Dev because we've lived it, we've breathed it. Speaking of that it, the WNBA season is underway. First week, preseason games, let's go!